the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman and Stephen Ebert. In just a moment, we will be joined by our first guest in the second hour, Bob Brown. But before the uh, commercial break, we were just talking about the newly revised New York State Disclosure Law, which has a number of impacts on one to four family homes throughout New York State. Again, even though the law was just passed a couple of weeks ago, it takes effect March 20th, 2024. It has a much more robust amount of disclosures to buyers, particularly on the impact of flooding and flood insurance. And the old conventional wisdom of giving a $500 credit and being exempt from completing disclosure will no longer be allowed effective March 20, 2024. But I want to mention one last thing before we go to our guest is in that law... It applies also to certain rentals. A lot of times when people are just renting their residential real estate, they have a form lease and is prepared with assistance from their real estate agent. If those form leases have an option to buy, so the tenant has this option to buy, the same disclosure form that you have to fill out if you're selling the property are now triggered. So it's really important Dottie, for you know, our listeners to know that even in some cases with a lease, they may be triggering the disclosure law when it comes to a sale. Right. And so everybody read, read up on this. And we'll very, continue very to keep you posted. Absolutely. And now we're both pleased to welcome uh, Bob Brown, also known as the Dirt Whisperer. Um, who has a multi-decade career um, and an engineering background in understanding the secrets of foundations. In fact, he has a book that's just come out earlier this year called Foundation Repair Secrets. Uh, Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, you know, Bob, I wanted to, if we could, start off with a situation that came up with a client of mine a couple of weeks ago. They were looking, they were looking at a house, and... You know, some of the doors didn't close well, so the windows didn't fully operate, and you could actually see a slant in certain parts of the ceiling, and the old trick of rolling a marble along the floor, you could see the slant in the floor, and what, you know, as time went on, it looked like that that neighborhood sort of had not great soil, and there is some shifting. So they just had a home inspection. You know, if you can sort of tell us a little bit of how 
when you see things like this, when it comes out, you know, where do people draw the line from a home inspector to really getting more depth like yourself and a little bit about what, what happens with, um, you know, dangerous foundation issues in soil? Well, <clears throat> great. That's awesome. So uh, found, uh, home inspectors are usually the first line of defense in identifying these things. But they are not experts in understanding or recommending or, or any of those kinds of issues. I, I teach the classes for the home inspectors here uh, locally, and uh, I've done it every year for, I don't know, 10 years. Uh, and uh, it's great that home inspectors recognize the signs that you just, just discussed, because those are real signs. Those are signs that there is a problem. Uh, doors and windows that don't operate planted floors, planted ceilings, uh, cracks in walls. And a lot of times on, 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 on purchases, people erase the cracks. They, they fix them, and so then we're left with looking at the other things that you just described. And those things, uh, if, if you recognize those things and you understand that they're a problem, uh, then what you need to do is get a real diagnosis. And uh, a real diagnosis means having an engineer do it, not, not having a foundation repair company do it. Quite often in escrow, real estate agents may call uh, a foundation repair company who wants to sell them something, right? And, uh, now, Bob, may, if I can have you pause for problem. one second, please. Sure. Can you just tell our yeah. audience what's the difference between a foundation repair expert and a foundation engineer? Because they may not even right. you know, know that distinction first. Right. So, so the first thing that people do is they get onto Google and they, they Google uh, foundation repairs, you know, what to do. And, uh, and, and in fact, uh, really what happens is um, uh, those, are, those are foundation repair companies that come up in the Google search. And they're, they're companies that are supplied by large suppliers who help them with marketing. And they dominate uh, Google and, and, and all of the uh, Internet. And they're easy to find. Unfortunately, these guys want to repair it. And so they're likely to come up with a huge repair bill, maybe sixty, eighty, maybe a hundred thousand uh, dollars, and that will definitely cause problems for a listing in the middle of escrow. Uh, and and uh, the, the difference between that and a, and a foundation repair engineer is that as an engineer, uh, as a licensed engineer, he's overseen by the state for ethics. And uh, they put everything in writing, and they seal it with a seal, and they have no axe to grind. So they are going to be uh, the guys that uh, either recommend it if it's really needed, or they may say, hey, you just need to fix your drainage, or maybe you don't need to do anything at all. It's not a serious problem. But they're the guys that are going to give you the honest truth, and they're the guys that are educated and know how to do it right. A lot of times these foundation repair companies the guys that come out are commissioned salespeople. They're 100% commissioned. And, yep. and uh, the, the only education they get is from a seminar put on by their supplier. That's it. Now, now Bob, one of the questions that homeowners always ask, and, and I don't know if you've had this interaction, is they'll say, well, am I covered by homeowners insurance? And I know you're not an insurance expert, but in your, in your travels and this work, have you had to deal with homeowners insurance companies and this process? Uh, yes, I have quite a bit. Uh, most of the time, it's not covered by insurance. And, and the reason is, is because insurance has what they call an uh, 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 earth stabilization exclusion or 
or earth movement exclusion. So if it's, if it's not sudden and catastrophic, they're not going to cover it. What I mean by that is uh, you have a pipe break, and all of a sudden everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Uh, house moves around dramatically, shifts, stabilizes. Uh, you might get it covered. If you could get it documented by a good engineer, uh, you might be able to get insurance to cover it. It's a hard fight even with that. But without that, without a pipe break or something catastrophic happening, uh, immediately, you know, it's a long-term problem that's hap- that gradually happened over a lot of years. Probably not going to get covered by insurance. Great. Thank-, thank you for clarifying that point. I think it is so important because I think a lot of times people feel that, oh, I have a homeowner's insurance policy, and, and once it's past the deductible, it covers everything. And I just want our listeners to know this is a big point. Other things, too you're not covered on every single type of item. So very, very important. Not all policies are written the same. Not all insurance companies are the same. But a very, very important point. Um, Now, if we can take a step back for a second. Let's say, for example, what what do you advise clients who are looking to buy a new construction home? Um, Obviously, you have your local Department of Buildings they're going to sign off on the CO and the permits and hopefully look closely at different stages. But is there something they should be on the lookout, get a sense of certain areas where soil is different and maybe certain areas may not be a good area to build a home? Um, what, what can they keep in mind and some tips for them? Well, you, you said the magic word, soil. And uh, what, what homeowners of new construction should always do, always, is make sure that a geotech is hired on the project, a geotech, geotechnical engineer. Uh, these are engineers that specialize in soils because soils are not uh, simple. Everybody thinks that it's a one big brown mass below the surface. No, there's many layers with different mineral contents, different densities, uh, different reactions to water, different paths of water, all kinds of things going on down below the surface. It's very, very complicated. And you should never do a new construction project without hiring a geotechnical engineer. And then, now, Bob, would it be safe to presume, if you're a buyer, that the developer actually did that? Or what Uh, what steps do they go through? Depending on state and and other requirements, it it may or may not be much of a help. Uh, Out here in Arizona... Yeah, they have to hire a geotechnical engineer, but he, they put one boring in about every, oh, I don't know, a couple of miles or so. <clears throat> it's, and they only go down four feet, which is almost useless. Uh, the requirements are so watered down that uh, it doesn't really help individual homeowners. Mm. May I ask, what made you focus on foundation? Well, uh, I graduated uh, from Arizona State University uh, in architecture and in finance, and uh, I was already uh, doing concrete repairs. I owned a company that did concrete work, specifically repairs, and I kept that company all these years, and uh, eventually uh, I started doing more foundation-type work because concrete sort of is, you know, foundations are made out of concrete. And uh, it, it led to uh, foundation work over, over the years, uh, trying to understand my niche better and, and uh, offer uh, better solutions for people. So, 
So in your travel, you know, in, in, in your career, what was the most interesting project that you've ever done? Oh, well, I would say the most interesting uh, was a huge uh, warehouse building. Uh, it's what they call a concrete tilled-up building, where the concrete walls are poured, laying on the on the slab, and then they they crank them up, and they become the walls. And uh, this building had shifted fifteen and a half inches. It settled fifteen and a half inches down, and uh, was in danger of collapsing. And uh, it was moving at about a half inch a month. And uh, we had to, yeah, we had to go in and stabilize every part of that building or almost every part of it. And uh, it was about a $6 million job that took three years. Uh, and it was uh, an amazing, amazing, had, had lots of interesting twists and turns and all kinds of discoveries. Uh, very interesting project. It was built on a landfill. So that might clue you in as to why it was having problems. Mm. So what should people know? I mean, that's not something that... You know, you're the first person, and I, I really so appreciate you have to come on again on Foundations because not many people know about that or really double-check that. So what should people know, and how often should they check their foundation? Well, you should keep an eye out for the things that we talked about earlier, windows and doors not working properly, uh, slopes in the floor, cracks in the walls, uh those kinds of things, uh, cracks in exterior walls versus interior walls, all those kinds of things. If you see those things start to happening, start to happen, then you should probably uh, call an engineer and get a get a get a good evaluation that helps you understand. Because a lot of times, if you catch it early enough, there may be uh, simple, easy solutions such as fixing the drainage properly around your house that may forestall a lot of these problems. Now, one thing that people should understand is that not all problems are settlement. Some problems are what I call expansive soil heave. Expansive soil, when it gets wet, it swells and gets bigger. And if your house is built on those, those soils get wet, you're not, you, you won't settle. You'll, you'll, you'll get pushed up. And expansive soil is very, very powerful. It can, it can bend steel and break concrete. And it'll push a house up. I've seen houses pushed up as much as 15 inches up in the air, only certain parts of it, of course. <laughs> so if it pushed the whole house up, it wouldn't be that big of a problem. It might break pipes leading into it and so forth. But usually it's just part of the house, and then it just sort of tears it all up, right? Same as settlement. Yes, settlement part of the house, it tears it all up. So, And they're hard to tell the difference. It's very difficult to know the difference between heave and settlement. You need, you need an expert. You need a, a good uh, geotechnical engineer that will help you understand it. And you know it's interesting. We see a lot of um, we see a lot of um, news about you know these types of issues, and even not just in the single family home. We have that large condominium in San Francisco, the Millennium yes. Tower that has the tilt. Yes, and yep. and I also don't know. And, and to your point on the heat expansion, um, the the dam in China which is showing, I don't know if you're familiar with it, it's showing big movement and starting to show some cracking because they poured in, the. it seems, that the concrete too fast and they had the heat and they didn't cool it down. And they built this dam so quickly that actually you're having the heat trapped inside. And now satellite pictures actually show the dam not a straight line. Um, Right. Uh, Well, uh, so... uh, uh, I could comment on, on both of those a little bit. You know, the Hoover Dam, Great. they built up. They built uh, uh, 
pipes inside the concrete and ran water through those pipes uh, to cool the concrete down to keep it from overheating. And in fact, uh, it was just uh, a few years ago that they finally turned the water off on those pipes to, because the, the heat of hydration, because concrete heats up when it's a, it's a chemical reaction that produces heat. And if it gets too hot, as your point mentioned, uh, it will crack the concrete. And, and so that's what they did at Hoover Dam to, to, uh, to keep that issue under control. And apparently they didn't do a good enough job in China. Uh, on the Millennial Tower, that was an interesting project. They, I think, but one thing on, on the dam for a second before we switch, sorry to cut you off. My understanding was the issue with the Three Gorges Dam in China is they wanted to set a record, right? I, I think the Three Gorges right. Dam is either is like three times the size of the Hoover Dam, something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah very huge. And, yeah. and um, they did it in a year. And right. I, I think they were just, how fast can we put this together to set a record? And I, I think they're paying the price. Yep, that, that's exactly right. And they didn't think it through well enough in terms of uh, dissipating the heat of hydration. So let me just both of you on a, on a Dottie. Yeah, let me ask if you can just comment on the building in San Francisco, Bob. Before, I'm sure, sure. So, so uh, they had uh, piles that were supposed to go down to bedrock, but uh, they did what they call value engineering. (laughs) In other words, how can we save money? And the piles only went about halfway down, and uh, maybe in some soils that would be good enough, but. uh, then they were building a subway system not too far from it, and there was a lot of vibrations in digging the tunnel. And uh, so a number of things combined, and those piles that only went halfway down about, I think, about 80 feet or something like that. Maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was uh, 800 feet. There was a huge distance. I don't recall uh, the distance, but uh, they went about halfway. And... Those settled. And so now what they're doing is they're putting piles in on the side that settled so that uh, when, the, when the high side, when it settles, it'll catch up and be nice and even. <laughs> so they're not really stopping the settlement. They're just even, evening out the settlement. <laughs> well, you're not going to get quite the V you thought you had at the top levels. Your building shrinks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, now, now well, how would that work? Yeah, okay, I, I just put on both of you. Garage. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, was I, did, I didn't quite understand the question. No, I just want to sure. ask both of you a question. Did, should people on a resale have this checked out? Yes. Matter of fact, if I were a listing agent, I would have a relationship with a, with several good. Uh, forensic foundation inspection engineers and uh, call them early before you list and uh, get get a good recommendation. Make sure you understand what's going on. If there's repairs, get them done. Uh, if there's not, then you have a good engineer backing you up saying that no repairs are needed. And uh, make that guy part of your team. Become an expert. Carve yourself out a real good niche. And uh, and, and uh, that, that's, a, that's a good strategy to have is make sure you understand things in advance. That is so important. We'll be right back with Bob Brown and we'll 
finish this up, but you'll have to come on again. This is such an interesting subject, and I don't think a lot of people know a lot about it. Be right back with this quick promotional break. Hi, Kevin McCullough. We've been talking about Plaza College's court reporting program. Well, Plaza, on behalf of the New York State Court Reporters Association, is proud to announce this year's one-day convention, a Steno State of Mind. A Steno State of Mind is being held at the historic Eastern District Courthouse on Sunday, October 22nd, from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Brooklyn. This full-day event inside this famously historic courthouse will bring members of the court reporting community, working reporters, and students together for six seminars celebrating this high-powered profession. You know what that means. Working court reporters, you will earn six NCRA-approved CEUs and the latest industry insight. For more information and to view the exciting agenda, visit nyscra.org slash 2023 Fall Convention. Again, register at nyscra.org slash 2023 Fall Convention. Get yourself in a steno state of mind. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and Bay Ridge Honda is kicking off October's spooky season with scary savings so low, you'll scream. Bay Ridge Honda is your family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years, serving the five boroughs. You can browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles, like the all-new Honda Civic, CRV, and HRV, ready for you to drive home today, and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. And right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. Even if you don't buy a car from Bay Ridge Honda, they want to buy your car from you. So visit Bay Ridge Honda at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date, and I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and we're continuing our uh, talk with uh, Bob Brown, Foundation Repair Secrets. I am going to have to check off. I have a wedding to go to, so I'm going to leave it to Steve. Um, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Stephen, you want to take it away? See you next week. Thanks, Bob. Yes. Great. So, so first of all, thank you for for all this incredible information. You know, 
Just going back for a little bit, because we want to have the right level of attention and diligence, but not fear. And one of the things you mentioned is, you know, if you see some settlement cracks and so forth, you know, look around. Just to give to homeowners, because they might also be concerned as to how much is sort of normal versus something to be on the lookout for. Obviously, in all homes, we see that little bit of separation that happens over time, right, between the sheetrock, and you see what looks like a little crack. Obviously, it's just separation. But can you just maybe give some indication of sort of what's normal, and particularly with maybe a newer home, what one might normally expect in the first couple of years versus a home that was built a number of years ago? Well, I've seen damage in new homes, and I've seen damage in old homes. So there's no way of uh, uh, feeling safe regardless of uh, how old your home is or how new it is. Uh, and uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, um, severity, so uh, there's a couple of things that I like to point out. Uh, one of them is that it's a grouping of things, uh, not necessarily one particular item. So people might say to me, hey, I've got a crack in my floor. Well, first of all, most floors are not part of the foundation. They're just floors. Uh, so I don't get too excited about cracks in floors unless there's a bunch unless it's accompanied with cracks in walls and doors and windows and, and all of the things that we talked about, sloping floors, those, when you start to see a grouping of things, uh, that's when you need to start uh, pricking up and paying attention. You get one crack in the wall, you get one crack in the floor, you get you know one door that doesn't work properly. Don't get too excited over one thing. Uh, instead, look at, the, look at the grouping of things. And then uh, cracks... Uh, you know, what's a, what's a, what's a, a horrible crack? Well, uh, cracks start to be important when they get wider. So if you can stick the sharp end of a pencil in a crack and jam it in there tight enough so that it stays and not, not falls out, that's when you probably start to need to pay more attention to it. Gotcha. Well, Bob, thank you so much for this great information. Again, we've been talking to Bob Brown. Um, he is a foundation expert, the author of an, uh, two award-winning uh, uh, two awards for the book, Foundation Repair Secrets. It's available at Amazon, Target, and a number of other bookstores. Thank you so much for your advice and knowledge, and looking forward to having you again in, in another show. Absolutely. I would love it. Lots more to talk about, for sure. Great. Thank you. And then now we're joined uh, by Tom Drew, and Tom Drew has had a chance to join us many times in the past. Uh, he is a market leader uh, for a Citizens Bank and has an incredible wealth of knowledge and experience um, for residential lending. Tom, welcome back. Hey, Stephen. So glad to be back. Uh, how are you doing on this rainy Saturday? Well, you know what? You've hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think we're setting a record for how many weekends can be a washout in a row. Um, you know, I miss my crisp fall days, and now they're turning into soggy days. So, you know, I'm hoping we'll at least get a dry weekend, you know, soon. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's deterring people looking for a new home. No, not at all. I would agree. I think uh, there's still a great deal of interest out there, um, low inventory. And it doesn't seem like, you know, the higher rates have uh, turned consumers away just yet. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we have hit some pretty high levels that we have not seen in quite some time. 
I, I was going to say, I'm glad you brought it up first, not me. But tell us a little about where rates are and, and high how rates are. And, you know, is this going to end? Well, um, yeah, it, it, it was kind of an exciting week, I guess, if you're uh, rooting for higher rates, which I am not. But uh, we did bounce along uh, the 8% uh, rate on a 30-year fixed conforming rate this week. Um, glad I was happy to see at least on Friday they dropped a little bit below 8 um, because it was kind of scary territory seeing 8 or anything just above that. But, uh, yeah, and look, and I think it's there, there for a few reasons, right? It's not just, uh, you know, uh, what the Fed is doing. You know, certainly the consumer is still uh, pushing along here, uh, spending money. You know, inflation is still, I think that, that last mile of trying to get inflation down will be a tougher go. Um, and the Fed has kind of signaled that we may, we may not see a rate hike, but we may not see a rate cut for some time. Um, so all those things are kind of getting thrown into the mix and uh, pushing um, treasury yields up and mortgage-backed securities, uh, the rates on them higher. So it, it's kind of correlating to higher rates for now. But, um, you know, maybe there's some hope uh, that, hey, when all these things, you know, the sort of the the lag effect of interest rate hikes and some of the other uh, headwinds in the economy will slow things down enough that um, we'll see more trades come down. So I have my fingers crossed that we'll see that maybe even the first quarter of next year. That would be fantastic if we can go ahead and see that. I mean, I, I know we've on the show been talking a lot about how this was coming, and I think we gave people probably about a good year and a half warning that this was coming down the pike. Um, now that we're in this environment, you know, some maybe tips or tricks, and one of the things that I like to tell people is, look, you, you live with the monthly payment and some of the techniques, and if you can explain the concept of points, and using that to buy down the rate. I know historically, when I mean historically, just a year or two ago, and then obviously before that when we were in a lower rate environment, people were like, oh, why pay points? You know, there's no you know, sense to it. But if you can explain sort of what it is and what the impacts are, because that could really make a difference for affordability for a lot of clients. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Stephen. Um, you know, in the past... Uh it was almost like taboo to talk about it, right, uh, when rates were lower. Uh, and traditionally, right, it's just something that uh, most consumers would would shy away from. But now in this environment, uh, points or uh, one point would be considered 1% of your loan amount, and it's basically prepaid interest. You pay a closing. You're giving the bank uh, that interest up front to lower the interest rate for the remaining term of the loan. And... It is, you know, in some cases, you got to check with your account. It is tax deductible to pay uh, that interest up, up up front. So the consumers are really weighing and saying, hey, if I pay this point up front, how much uh, does that reduce my interest rate over the term of the loan? And in some cases, so even on an adjustable rate mortgage, it could be pretty significant uh, in, in affecting that payment and improving the payment on a monthly basis. So I tell everybody, look, you know, let's let's look at, you know, what your plan is how long you plan on being in this home. If this is your forever home, we may want to look at paying a point or two up front uh, to help lower those rates over the the term of your loan. And in some cases, um, 
that can be paid by the seller if that's part of the negotiation, right? I always say like, hey, you know, that's money on paper that can really make a difference in somebody's monthly payment, so we should take a look at that. Uh, but for the most part, uh, people are more open to it now than, say, they've ever been in the past, just say, 20 years, right? Um, and it's something that uh, it may, in fact, make a difference for someone being able to get into a home versus having to wait. You know, and, and you hit a really great point, which I want to parse out a little bit more, the impact of paying a point on an adjustable loan. So, you know, obviously in an adjustable loan, you're fixed for a certain short time period of time, which could be, you know, a year to 10 years or so, depending upon the product. Um, can you just talk a little about how the points work on an adjustable during the fixed period, and does it have any impact at all during the adjustment period down the road? Yeah, so that's it. there's a key difference between an adjustable uh, versus a fixed-rate mortgage. Right, when you pay the point on the fixed rate, it does lower that term for the entire um, life of the loan. On an arm, it's a little more short-lived based on the, f- the fixed rate portion of the adjustable rate mortgage. So say most arms are a 30-year term. Um, on an adjustable rate, you can get a yeah, – I really don't see too many one-year uh, arms, but I know they're out there. Typically, it's you know five, seven, or 10-year adjustable rate mortgage where the rate is fixed for that first five or seven or 10 years. And the way these are pricing right now in today's market, um, you get almost double the benefit of paying a point on an adjustable rate versus a fixed rate. So, you know, for argument's sake, let's say right now on a fixed rate, one point buys you down a quarter of a percent, but on an arm, it may be a half a percent. And I've seen in some cases even slightly higher than that in terms of the, the savings initially at closing. Um, so, you know, we have those conversations with, with customers if they're looking to, you know, get into the house now and make the payments a little more affordable. Like, hey, here's the benefit of paying that point. And, you know, that, up, that paid interest up front may, in fact, be tax deductible as well when it comes time to follow your your uh, income taxes. So, you know, those are conversations. Tom, that's a, we're I know we're coming up to a break for a second, and I won't parse that up more, but I think that's so critical to keep in mind because we're really talking about affordability of getting into the home versus the duration of ownership. We're talking to Tom Drew from Citizens Bank. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. More after this commercial break. don't know it now wake up and smell the coffee we are in a culture war in america this is left versus right and the stakes are high this radio station is deeply involved in the fray and we know many of you are too we want to find a few people who are true culture warriors fighting the good fight and suffering the slings and arrows of public discontent because of it go to this station's website right now to nominate the salem culture warrior of the year time to honor a few great people am 970 the Both houses of Congress are considering legislation that will impact your favorite talk shows and news updates. 
The AM Radio for Everyone Vehicle Act would ensure that auto manufacturers will not eliminate AM radio from the dashboards of future car models. Over 80 million Americans, men and women just like you, depend on AM radio for news, severe weather updates, various debates on talk shows, and local information that's essential for public safety. When a disaster strikes or lives are threatened by wildfires in places from California to the Northeast, AM radio is often the only lifeline the community has. You have the power to make a real difference. The AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act is H.R. 3413 in the U.S. House and Senate Bill 1669 in the U.S. Senate. Please contact your senator and congressman asking them to support this vital legislation to keep AM Radio in the dashboards of American cars now and forever. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. on AM 970 The Answer. For more information, visit CYACYL.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. We've been talking about Plaza College's court reporting program all year long. Well, Plaza College, on behalf of the New York State Court Reporters Association, is proud to announce this year's one-day convention, a Steno State of Mind. A Steno State of Mind is being held at the historic Eastern District Courthouse on Sunday, October the 22nd, from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Brooklyn, New York. This full-day event inside the famously historic courthouse will bring members of the court reporting community, working reporters, and students together for six seminars celebrating this high-powered profession. You know what that means? Working court reporters, you will earn six NCRA-approved CEUs and the latest industry insight. For more information and to view the exciting agenda, visit nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Again, register today at nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Get yourself in a steno state of mind. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6, Mike Gallagher at 10, on AM 970, The Answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to Eye on Real Estate. I'm attorney Stephen Ebert, and again, we're joined by Tom Drew from Citizens Bank. Um, right before the break, we were talking about different ways to make housing more affordable, the opportunity for arms, having a point, which is a prepaid finance charge of 1% of the loan amount being used to buy down the rate, and seeing the multiplier effect on a fix versus the more power on an adjustable rate loan to really help someone have a lower rate and get into that home. You know, Tom, one of the things that I do want to also talk about in this concept of affordability is really what kind of mortgage assistance programs out there. You know, I know when rates were low, we kind of took a break from people using Sony May and other not-for-profits. But if you can tell our audience what Sony May is and some of the not-for-profits and first-time assistants, I think that would be a great service to everyone. Yeah, I, I think those programs right now are definitely um, getting pushed into the limelight uh, because there is a focus on housing affordability. And right here in, in New York State, we have the State of New York Mortgage uh, Association, they, uh, Sony May, that's the acronym. And 
they were created to help New Yorkers um, purchase their first home. And Sony May um, is evolved over the years into a product that has taken into account um, the higher cost of purchasing a home in New York in specific counties. Um, if you go on their website, you can see, you know, the county you live in and, you know, what their income limits are for that county and what the purchase price is. And then the programs that they have available as far as low to low down payment options. Um, they just came out with a, an addition to their program where they'll offer up to $30,000 um, uh, down payment assistance in, in New York up to purchase price of 500000 for a uh, low to moderate income borrower. And I expect uh, the funds they have set aside to do that will, won't be around too long because I, I, there's a tremendous amount of interest in that product. Uh, but that's not the only thing. Yeah, out can I, can I just here. say one thing? Sorry to interrupt, Tom, but guess for audience, some of these programs, this is very, very important. While Sony May as an organization is around, be in touch with experts like Tom because some of these programs, there is a money allocation given, and once that allocation is used up, they're done for the year. So it's really important that if you're looking and you're counting on it, understand with a professional like Tom when you have to sort of book your loan, we're in the process to make sure you're getting that deal that you thought you were getting and counting on. So important. It's a, it's a great point. And, uh, you know, every year they do have a set aside. Uh, most of these programs do have a limitation, right? And after that money's used up, uh, you know, you'll have to wait till the following year. But even as far as you know, your local towns or counties, right, um, you know, going down to even a, more of a local level, there are programs available to help along with not-for-profit agencies that were created to help first-time home buyers uh, with uh, down payments, uh, with closing costs, uh, with education, right, home buyer education, because I think that's um, just as important, right, uh, not only getting the money to to help purchase the home, but, you know, knowing how to keep your home afterwards, right, and how to set a budget and what to look out for as a new homeowner, which uh, there's always something that pops up if you purchase your home. Uh, I know that's happened to me a few times. But, and, and these are things now, that... Tom, are those programs are those programs just educational or are they mandated? If you can explain sometimes if that's required. Um, yeah, well, in order getting to get... The uh, it's, yeah, it's a great point. In order to get the grant for, you know, specific agencies, um, it, those are required to take, right? They will not give you those funds unless you've you know, taken the program and, and gone through the training and, you know, have demonstrated um, a good understanding of all the different things that uh, come into, you know, being a homeowner. So those things are, you know, you're not just going to give you the money without the education part of it. But I do think it's a, it's a great, because they're there for the whole step, right, the whole process. They're not just, okay, here's, here's we're going to send you money at closing. They're going to help you through the process, explain to you, you know, the A to Z of getting a, not only getting a mortgage, but buying a house and all the individuals that are involved in that process, you know, how it, what the function of an attorney is, a title company, you know, the mortgage company, and so on and so forth, right? So really that grassroots buyer education um, that I think is just so helpful uh, when people go, it reduces anxiety and stress, right? And, and, and it becomes much more of an enjoyable process when you're working with, you know, somebody who really wants to see you 
get into that home, right, and and help establish, um, you know, a, a better situation for you and your family. And that's really what a lot of them are all about. Yeah. Um, perfect. Um, excellent. So, Tom, what are the, you know, one of the things that's also coming up, which is um, critical, is um, some of the changes that I'm seeing from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac about the warrantability of co-ops and condos and what kind of condition they're in. There's a lot of also new laws coming in, green laws and so forth. If we can just, if you can highlight in a top-level way for clients on, you know, what are some of the things that are now changing and you think may change over the coming months on building approvals and what to look out for? Yeah, it's a great point, Stephen. I mean, a lot has changed uh, in a fairly short period of time when it comes to uh, open condo approvals. Um, and what really Fannie and, and Freddie are looking at is uh, deferred maintenance on these buildings, right? Uh, everything from the facade to the heating systems to other critical components of the buildings right there. They want to make sure that, that the building that they're um, financing a portion of, right, a unit or in case of a co-op, you know, shares in that co-op, they want to make sure that there are no major issues or deferred maintenance on that co-op or condo. So there, there's an extensive questionnaire that they've uh, put out that lenders are required to to get answers on. Um, and I do feel like it may even become a little a little more onerous um, in the future as uh, Fannie and Freddie are uh, not interested in, you know, uh, seeing a, a situation like what happened down in Florida, you know, that unfortunate circumstance where many people lost their lives, right, when the when that condo collapsed. So I think a lot of what we're seeing now was sort of like a, a sort of a direct response to that. And, look, there are many cases that, uh, you know, the fix or whatever's being done is, is more superficial than serious, but yet that still has to get addressed, right? It has to be budgeted. Uh, Fannie wants to see that. The copper condo has the funds set aside to, to do that work, right? And that it's not, you know, something that uh, is a health or safety issue. So it, there's a lot more involved. And actually, the, the agencies have put out there, you can actually Google um, ineligible Fannie or Freddie condos, right? If you want to see, like, hey, you know, what's what do they know already that potentially is a problem? So at least you kind of... You may not know um, if the one you're looking at is a problem yet, but you can at least see some historical information as to what they've already identified as a problem, and maybe you'd want to stay away from until those co-ops and condos. So that website, just for for our listeners, that website is actually a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac webpage, right? It's not a third party. It's actually Fannie and Freddie will actually put that out. That's, That's great information. Um, to have out there for folks. Um, and look, Tom, you know, it's, it's interesting. This is really auspicious because the guest that we had on prior was a geotech engineer, and we were talking exactly about foundations and settlement and sinking and cracks. Um, and, you know, I think it's so important that people are aware of it. And look, it makes sense for being for lenders to be aware of it because that's their collateral. They're making the loan on 
having the real estate being in good order. So it, it, even though it's going to be more work and, and, and condo and co-boards need to be aware of this to make sure they're taking care of things, it makes sense. I mean, property managers should be on top of these repairs um, as well. Yes, and including the uh, the boards themselves, right? The open condo boards, they, they have to understand you can no longer really defer these things if it's uh, a serious health or safety issue. They must address it. And uh, look, at the end of the day, if I was buying a copra condo right now, I'd want to have that added layer of scrutiny to make sure that, you know, you're not walking into a situation where, oh, you're going to have a massive assessment after the fact because there's something serious, wrong, seriously wrong with the building. Um, and a friend of mine, you know, several months ago bought something in Florida, and this was prior to Fannie really kind of tight planting down, and he said he just got hit with a $20,000 assessment for uh, work that needs to be done on the condo itself structurally. So, you know, I'm sure he would rather have known that up front than, uh, than after the fact. Well, I'll tell you, this is where closing protocols are different in different parts of the country. And a lot of clients don't get home inspections when they're buying co-ops or condos. Um, Florida is not like New York or New Jersey, which are what we call attorney states, where attorneys look at things and do a, a level of due diligence, which are not done. And, you know, you have issues in places like Florida. You have more likely to have issues because you just need those different sets of eyes looking at things. Tom, I know we're getting close to the end of our show. Can you just let everyone know your phone number and email address uh, and how to get in touch with you? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, 516-410-2674 is my number. And my email address is thomas.drew at citizensbank.com. Send me a message. We'd love to hear from everyone. It's been another great week. Uh, Thank you for joining us on Iron Real Estate. This is Tom Drew from Citizens Bank. Bob Brown earlier, the foundation expert. And this is attorney Stephen Ebert. See you next week with Dottie Herman on the next episode of Ion Real Estate. Have a great week. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.